is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. What's up, guys? I guess I'm going to host this thing. <laughs> no one else will. Amber Garcia is here. David Hellman is here. I'm here. Derek is not, but he might be here in a little bit. But it's Wednesday. A lot of stuff happening here on this 5-4 and four football team. Always going to yeah. happen like that. It, it, yeah, it's we're gonna, eventful. We're going to talk about storylines. We're going to talk about the Lions. You had to do some research on that. Had to is a good way to phrase that. We're going to talk about the weather because it is cold out there. It's That's it. That's all we're going to talk about there. Oh, okay. So, all right. How are we doing here? Well, Amber's watching the show on Periscope. I accidentally so. clicked on the app. Well, I didn't accidentally click. I clicked on the app, and then it automatically plays the podcast. So I had my volume all the way up. Sorry for that. I did that during Jason Garrett's press conference today. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Speaking of the press conference. Yeah. What are the storylines coming out of that? Oh, man. That was a, that was an interesting morning at the old Jason Garrett press conference. Are we looking back or forward? A little bit of both. Um, for, I mean, for, first of all, I get you know if Derek was here, he'd want to go through the injuries, and there's a lot of them. That was a big part of it. Um, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, Connor Williams are not practicing today. We knew about Connor. Um, Zach and and Lyle are you know that stuff they've been dealing with all year. Uh, they're not out there. The first team line right now is Tyron Smith, uh, Xavier Suofilo, Travis Frederick, Joe Looney, and Brandon Knight. I doubt that'll be the first team offensive line on Sunday, but it's not fun when you see that. Mari Cooper is not practicing. Michael Bennett is absent today, and I don't know why. Uh, Garrett didn't mention that at his presser or at his walk-off. I don't know if it's injury-related. I don't know if he's got something personal going on. It is his birthday. Although typically that's you know that's not that's usually not a reason to not be not here. A thing. Yeah, that's not a thing. Um, so I don't know. It's a we'll, college thing. We'll try to get to the bottom of that. Um, I think that's everybody of consequence. Cam Fleming is back. Um, but yeah, the, there there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of Wait stuff. Wait a second, Cam Fleming is back doing what? He's back at practice. So why isn't he starting at right tackle over Brandon Knight? I, I guess Brandon Knight did a good job. I don't know. Good to know. Um, Do you feel bad about what you were saying about Connor the other day? It was no. on Monday. It's not like he willed <laughs> the mean, guy to get hurt. No, he didn't, but maybe that was the reason why he was playing that way. Oh, maybe. I mean, if that's if that's it. I mean, if, if that's what, what the issue is. But e- either way... Then I don't feel bad because they need to upgrade there. This isn't Dak to Cooper Rush. This is Connor Williams to Xavier Suafilo, a guy that I, most people yeah. would say is equal, maybe even better. And if anything, he's stronger. He's a guard. Uh, Connor Williams, there's still a debate whether or not that's his natural position. There's never been a debate on Suafilo, and I think that's what this team needs is some strength. So if he was hurt and not playing well, okay. Well, you're going to get that. They figured it out. 
But to, Amber's like, I hope you're proud of yourself, Nick. <laughs> you know, a lot of people on Twitter was like, one guy even said to me and you, did you, Tanya, Tanya Harding, Jeff Galuli, mm. the guy? I'm like, that's uncalled for. Why did they say that? That's because it's fun and it's Twitter and you can say stuff like that. I'm making a joke there. It's not really a joke. Um, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I, I'm a decent bit younger than you. I needed a minute to, you know, I didn't live. Decent. I was alive when that happened, but I don't remember it. Sorry. Right. So. What did Jason Garrett talk so, about in the walk-off? I mean, if he wasn't talking about that. <laughs> we we analyzed the fair punt, the fair catch punt thing with Tavon Austin as if it were the Zapruder film. I do get that historical reference. Uh, I mean, we broke it down from every angle. You know, whose fault was it for not communicating, and how far apart was Jason Garrett and his special teams coordinator Keith O'Quinn, and just like. And like, you know, what exactly did you say or not say? And, like, I understand, like, they could have picked up 12 to 15 extra yards and it, it would have given them a much better chance to win that game. But, I mean, I don't know. Garrett, on Monday, he was like, we miscommunicated. We didn't do a good job with that. I guess maybe I think there was some concern that he threw Tavon Austin under the bus. I honestly never got that impression from what he no. said. I didn't. He said we we didn't we gave him the opportunity to do that. We didn't to do hey get get some yards if you want. Make sure you can go north and south. Do not waste any time going east and west. And if you have to fair catch it, you can fair catch it. And I think there's some people that believe that's what he heard. Yeah, I fair think catch. there were some wires crossed, so, and he you know you said this or. Maybe fair catch stood out to him the most. Um, but again, I don't know. To still be beating it into the ground on a Wednesday afternoon to me yeah. is overkill. Like well, it was, it was bad. It was a bad sequence from the coaching staff, Tavon, everybody, all the way around. But, but. and I think what the storyline is, what the narrative people want to 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 bring up here is that there's some dissension in the locker room between the coaching staff and miscommunication and all that stuff. Um, but I, you know, I think things get miscommunicated all the time. I mean, when you have, you know, thirty seconds on between each play to figure this out, that's what. Yeah, Garrett, and you know what, I criticize Garrett a lot, um, and and he has he's been contentious in the past. Whenever something like that kind of gets harped on, he kind of he owned it today. He was like, he's like, I don't really want to talk about the Minnesota game, but here we go. Let's break this whole thing down. He did it at the press conference and then at the walk off, which is not televised. He did it all over again. Like he went through every angle of it and basically was like, if it sounded like I threw Tavon under the bus, that wasn't my intention at all. It was on us. Like it was, you know, it's on Keith, it's on me. Everything falls on me. I take responsibility for it. We didn't communicate it well enough. He also, you know, not to like let him off the hook, but he was like, we miscommunicated a dozen things during the Eagles game three weeks ago, and yeah. we won by 27 points. So that's kind of the nature of football is these things get hyper-analyzed in the wake of a loss. And rightfully so. There's only 16 of these things. So it, know, it makes sense to second-guess things right. that lead to you losing a game. I get that. I've recently started to listen to, listen to podcasts, just one of them being Oprah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm fascinated was, to see where this is going. Yeah. So, no, I was listening to one on my drive-in today, and there's one where she she just goes on about this quote that really stood out to her throughout her life when she first heard it, when you know better, you do better. And then I started thinking about, you know, you start applying it to your own life, and I'm like, these cowboys, you should know better by now. 
You know, you're heading into week 11 and the things, the way that you're handling this team, you get, and it, it baffles me because you got a whole team of coaches, assistant coaches, assistant to the assistant. And you got all these guys that this is what they do week after week, day by day, and study the, the game, look at other teams, look at the opponent. They go in, have these meetings and talk about it and then go and communicate it to the players and spend all this time looking at film. And it's just like, should you not know better by now? But what are you saying, though? Know better to do what, though? What, what did they not do better? Communicate? Well, one of them being in this scenario, for example, okay, there's a communication communication factor. But then when you go out and go look at it game after game and the, the struggles and the issues that they're currently having, that should not be happening as far as, okay, play calling per se. Play calling has been an issue surrounding the Cowboys and has been recently started to be talked about because of what happened in this previous game. And the calls that they should have made. It's like, you should know better by now. You should know what works for your team. You should know what to do rather than keep making those same mistakes that we keep seeing week after week in a way. You might not agree, but that's my own personal opinion, and that's how I see it, and that's what I think. I disagree because of, of the Zeke part. I mean, it's like you should know better to give the ball to Zeke the only thing we do know is Zeke's one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he has been. So I don't, I don't know what you should know not to give him the ball there. No, I mean, you I, should know how to adjust. You should know that if you're watching this game and you're giving the ball to Zeke, and no, Zeke is not able to run the ball, what do you do at that point? Well, they did you adjust. St- they adjusted this week. They took out Connor Williams and put in Xavier Smith. Okay. Whether or not okay. he was hurt or not, they did. They made that adjustment. That didn't happen during the game. Okay, that, that just due to an injury. But I, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Maybe not across the board, but I mean that is the most maddening thing about this team. Is like, I don't know. They, they keep doing the same stuff that leads to where we are right now. I mean, if, which again, I don't have an answer for how to fix it. I wish I did, but like, can you stop falling into these holes in the first quarter? Can you come out and play better? Can you come out and play better? Like, I don't have it in front of me, but they're like, they're getting outscored by an astronomical margin in the first quarter and kicking people's butts from the second to the fourth. Shout, shouts out to Bobby Belt for that stat. I saw it on your... 55-37, first quarter. 55-37. to 37. 20 points. Yeah. 71-48, to 48, the Cowboys in the second half. In the second half or the second, second quarter? Second quarter, I mean. Third quarter, they're up 65-41. to 41, In the fourth quarter, 78-26. to 26. That's They're killing people the rest of the way. It's the first quarter. It's They're absolutely... Killing people in three of the four quarters, but when you start behind the eight ball, it affects yeah. everything else that you do. And I'll say it for the 18th time, and then we can move on from the Minnesota game, but I don't begrudge them trying to get two yards with Ezekiel Elliott in crunch time. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. It's all of the first down runs that got us to that point that I still can't wrap my mind around. Do you, do you feel, uh, based on all the games that we've seen so far— when they start out a game, do you feel that week after week, maybe you've seen them trying to do something different than what they've been doing in the past? Or do they? Do you think that they just go out there and kind of do 
basically the same thing that we've been seeing every week. It looks awfully similar to me. I mean, yeah. nothing jumps out at me that makes me think that they've really tried to get outside of their comfort zone in any particular week. So that's my problem. Yeah. It's like no. you come in, watch the film, you see what didn't work, so you should know better and go next week and try something completely different. I think which you can agree with this or you can't you don't have you don't have to agree with this, but I'm telling you what I think that they think, which the 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 third down call to Zeke that got blown up is a perfect example where you know, Connor Williams, he didn't stay on his block long enough before he moved to the second level. D lineman swam, swam, moved right past him, blows up Zeke in the backfield. I think they watch that play and they say, oh, if he just holds his block half a second longer, that'll work. Like that, that would have worked if he had just done that right. And so we're just going to practice harder and emphasize harder making that work and then it'll work instead of being like oh that really didn't work maybe we should try something completely different you know what i mean yeah Yeah. like i think jason garrett looks at everything bad from the course of a game all games he's just like we're just we're a fraction of an inch away from that having worked and then we wouldn't be talking about this whereas I don't know that that's how everybody would approach the situation. And we talk about coaches being adaptable and malleable and varying things up from week to week. And I think Jason Garrett is more like we're so close to just being able to do it our way, the right way. You know what well, I mean? Well, and the, I said this yesterday, and I, I it's just it's weird that like if you get beat bad like twenty eight to seven, then you can talk about how all these things are are, are really bad, but. I don't know what we we would be talking about nothing about this if they could get twelve more yards. Of course, and, and so yeah, I mean it was a great football game back and forth. They didn't win the game, but we wouldn't have monumental problems if they got twelve yards. I just don't think that that is the biggest difference here. I don't. I don't think that now we need to talk about the sky is falling because they didn't win this game. If they got beat bad, then that's one thing. But I think the issue comes down when you start seeing a trend. And yeah. I th- this has become a trend. You the look at s- slow starts. Yeah. Yeah. Slow starts. And, and, and obviously that comes and bites you in the butt at the end of the game. Like it's hard to kind of yep. keep up when you start out that way in the other team, even though they cut up, caught up before the the halftime, and they were able to manage, you know, balance out the board a little bit. But even then, it's just like when you when it, the the issue for me is it's a trend. It's not just. A one game thing. Yeah, and I mean, slow starts is a big part of it, but just, I mean, and you can't pinpoint it to one person. I think the Vikings game. I said this right after the game. It's like it was the the biggest example of coaching failures this year, in my opinion. Because like you go back to, you know, go back to the Saints game. You know, Dak misses Cobb in the end zone. Cobb drops a big pass on third down. Like more player oriented problems. Um, Green Bay interceptions, defense forgot how to defend the run. Um, regardless, I think the uh, the trend is not being able to figure out how to win games against good teams. And I mean, at this point, the Cowboys are out of bad teams to beat, with the exception of a, a game against Washington in Week 17. So, and the Lions, you know, 
I'm not. Let's which, talk about that. We, we can talk about that. I, the Lions are not a bad football team. They might be forced to be bad if Matthew Stafford can't play. I mean, that obviously drastically changes this matchup, but... This is not a this is not a bad football right. team. We're going to talk about Detroit. We're going to talk about storylines and their offense when we come back. This has been a production. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. All right, we're turning the page of the Vikings game, going straight to the Lions. Should be fun up in Detroit. You ever been to Detroit? You've been once. Yeah, the Megatron game. Derek's coming back. Oh, gosh. Talk about Detroit. Why does it look pissed off? Because because he was being a <laughs> manager, he's being a director, director. and he's got to <laughs> deal with stuff. You better put a smile on your face now, Derek. All right, we're talking about uh, the Lions now. We were Who? no the Lions, Detroit Lions. <laughs> no more talking about fair catching and fourth and two or third and two and running the ball and trends and Oprah and all the stuff we've been talking about. <laughs> Don't talk ta- about Oprah. Yeah. yeah, don't you missed it? Don't worry about it. Let's, <laughs> let's keep going. She brought that to the table. I don't agree with it. Whatever. Sorry. I don't care if you agree I or know. not. Yeah. I mean, no, she does not. Fight. Fight. One thing we've established fight. on the show: she does not care what any of us think. It's I fine. just think everyone has their own opinions. That's fine. They as do. long as we walk in out of this room respecting each other, that's well, cool. And we do. And we do. Yes. And we do. Okay. We have a loving show. Talking about the lions. Here are the storylines. <laughs> Love that look on Story face. lions. Really quick. All right. Matthew Stafford injury. The NFL wants to figure out why they didn't tell people earlier. And so they're kind of investigating that. That doesn't really matter to the fans. What they're talking about now is, is he going to play? Is he mm-hmm. week to week, day to day? He's got like broken bones in his back. That's never really good. 
But we've seen with Romo, that sounds a little bit worse than it really is. But does it? Not sure if he's. Gonna, yeah, I mean, he, broken bones in your back and you miss one game. That seems like it would put you out forever. And, uh, and then I ascribe to the whole day philosophy on this that NFL players are crazy. Like, well, yeah, but broken bones in your back is crazy. I mean, that is a bad injury. That gotcha. is. No sorry, what. keep going. Go All right, and if he doesn't doesn't play, then Jeff Driscoll. Who's not been very good in his career, but he played last week, played okay, I guess, against the Bears. They lost. JG. They don't have any running backs. That's another storyline. Carry on Johnson, Trey Carson are out. They're going to go with probably JD McKissick, Ty Johnson uh, to run the ball. Dave will tell you a little bit more about them. Kenny Galladay is leading the NFL in touchdown catches of eight right ahead good of Amari Cooper. Very good receiver, big guy. Uh, I'd like to throw the ball to him in the red zone. Had one. He's got four in the last three games. And then another storyline that doesn't really affect the game, but something that the Lions are definitely dealing with is the death of a former receiver, Charles Rogers, number two um, overall Charles pick, Rogers. one of the greatest commercials in NFL awesome. history um, when he was coming into the league, him and Ray Lewis, but never really panned out at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to call him a bust, he certainly was. He just didn't, you know, number two overall pick and just didn't ever pan out. But, you know, member of the Lions organization, when you look at a lot of things that they're dealing with, you'll see a moment of silence, I'm sure, in that game. It's just sad, you know, uh, off the field issues, injuries got up to him. But you draft a guy number two overall, you expect him to kind of change your franchise. And they don't always pan out. The guy next to him, Andre Johnson, drafted third. It's one of the best players East. in the history of the Houston Texans. That's what they wanted Charles Rogers to be. But, yeah, that's just a storyline that Lions are dealing with. That's not going to affect the game. But that's it. That's what I got. Good stuff. Loving Lots of good storylines going on this week heading into this game. And most of them, most of them uh, that ha- that are specific to the game, seem like they should work out well for the Cowboys. Dave, your turn. Talk to us about this Lions offense and what the Cowboys can expect <laughs> to see on Sunday. Good fo- you didn't say they're a good fo- football team. You said they're not a bad football they're team. They're not a bad football right. team. I mean, They started off the season, and we thought they might be actually a lot better than their record says they are now. This is a team that uh, beat the Chargers, beat the Eagles, went right to the wire with the Kansas City Chiefs back in September, mm-hmm. were robbed by the Packers, or the referees to be specific, if y'all remember that. Yeah. I think it was... Was that was that a Monday night mm-hmm. game or they were robbed yeah, uh, in the, that Green Bay game? Hands to the shoulder penalties. <laughs> uh, beat, beat the Giants fairly comfortably, uh, and I'm not. They're not. They're not great, but they were having a sneaky good season. Matthew Stafford probably having the best year of his career yeah. up until this injury. Uh, playing really fantastically, which I was going to argue with you about the broken bones in the back, and then I thought back to 14. Romo broke his back in the you know fourth quarter of that Redskins game. Didn't play against the Cardinals and was back for the Jags game the next week after that. So how did he play there? Great, they yeah. kicked the they Jags butt. I mean, yeah, amazing. It's so yeah, amazing. London. Football players are nuts. Yeah, Tyler so Tyler Lockett was hospitalized for two days after bruising his leg the other day. It's, yeah. It's insane. Um, so, which, so I'm like, I'm kind of regretting this because I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the Driscoll game because St- there's no way Stafford comes back. Maybe he does, though. I just kind of convinced myself that he might. But either way, you sh- you know all about Matthew Stafford. Like, he's played the Cowboys a dozen times. For my money, he's like 1A or 1B in terms of just the most rawly talented quarterbacks in the league, like him and Rodgers both. Like I'm just talking just about arm talent, arm talent, the mobility and the, the different, the ability to throw from all sorts of different angles. Like there's no throw he can't make. I actually, 
I was kind of I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, man, I feel like there's some similarities to him and Romo. Obviously not, you know, one was number one overall and one was undrafted. Not so much that, but like they both wear nine. They were both like the only good thing going about their franchise for a number of years. Probably didn't get as much credit as they deserved for how good they were. Not a lot of playoff success to show for it. And now the parallel doesn't quite line up because the Lions aren't that good but like they were having a good season and he was having the best season of his career and now injuries are catching up to him which is a bummer anyway i just thought that was mildly interesting um if jeff driscoll plays i think it gives the cowboys a hell of an opportunity to win this game because he's just he's limited the stats say that he played pretty well i think he threw for 260 and a touchdown but you want to talk about dink and dunk, man. Like the, the the Lions had to game plan to hide him from the Bears, basically. Um, a lot of rollouts, a lot of one-read plays, like whether it's a bubble screen or a bootleg to a guy coming across the field or throwing to the flat. Um, the only time I saw him move past the first progression was like when the play broke down. Uh, he was also the Lions' leading rusher in that game with 37 yards, I believe. Is he a rushing quarterback, or is he's, it just they didn't have a? He's other the classic, like more athletic than you want to give him credit for, but he is not, you know, Daniel Jones kind of guy. Yeah, maybe I think Jones is probably a little more athletic, but okay. yeah, I mean, he can pick up 15 yards if you leave him unaccounted for, yeah. but you're not game planning for him to run the ball. Um, but. The Bears didn't respect their run. Carry on Johnson's out. Ty Johnson actually got concussed three plays into that game. So odds are if he can't come back, it'll be McKissick. And then Paul Perkins, who used to be the Giants, a guy the Cowboys were interested in a few years ago. Um, They have two really good tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, obviously, big-time draft pick. And then Jesse James, who they got from Pittsburgh, who's a pretty sneaky good player. I like that they're both... They're both big enough to play in line, but they're both athletic enough to flex off, and they both do it. So, like, Blackwell? Hawkinson's better. I mean, Hawkinson, he's insane. He's, like, the best all-around tight end to come out of college in, in a decent bit of time. Okay. He's, I love his game. I think he's already been concussed, like, two or three times this year, Ooh, which is, yeah, he needs to watch out for that. <laughs> um, he does. He's no. He's. I mean, he watch, does. Out. watch out for the hits. He's taken some hard hits this year. Um, but it's scary because they both will line up in like bunch formations with these receivers who are already big. Marvin Jones is six two. Galladay's six four two fifteen. Big dude. Uh, very big dudes. Um, but so they'll use these guys in bunches with their receivers, and it's just a lot of big bodies for guys to have to defend. Um. Their right tackle is concussed, too. Actually, as long as we're talking about old Cowboys, uh, Dan Skipper is now a Lion. You might remember him. Arkansas, Big offensive Yeah, line. Arkansas Razorback. He's 6'10". Six, six, Won a Super Bowl with the Pats as a practice squad player. He's bounced around the league. So mm. he might have to play in this game, depending on the health of their offensive line. Um, How many concussions have you mentioned already? Yeah, no, this is a banged-up yeah, team. That's, oh, my God. The Lions are... They would be pretty good if they could keep all their guys on the field, but they just they just can't. All these guys that you're mentioning are most of them considered to be out for the Cowboys game. At this, we don't know just what you based on what how much they've been out so far. Would you expect mm, it, or you think it's kind of up in the air on all? I of mean, them? other than Stafford, we're mainly talking about concussions, and I'm always yeah, leery about. Hard, yeah, that's true. It's hard to predict that. Yeah. Um, what did I? Uh, I? I think they're going to. They're going to 
they're going to try to use screen passes in this game, uh, assuming Stafford doesn't play, because it's yeah. I mean, the Cowboys <laughs> clearly haven't shown that they can stop it consistently, and. It is a bona fide, guaranteed way for, to create an easy throw for your quarterback. So I, Amendola does them. He's up there now, by the way. Amendola does them. They do them with the running backs. I expect to see that. The one thing I will say, though, in this last game, I think part of the issue with the Cowboys stopping those screen passes was they weren't tackling well. Yeah. And yeah. I think part of that is because you had such talented guys catching sure. those screen passes. They may not have that because they've had so many guys out. Maybe that helped. Because it looks like, looks like the Cowboys were in the right spot a lot of times. They just as as evidenced by the fact that they had a, that that there was 144 yards after the catch. I mean, they just didn't make the tackle. So hopefully yeah. that means this week maybe they make. Wait, those after tackles. the catch or after contact? I'm sorry, after contact. Sorry, okay, because I was like, they should have no, a after, lot of after contact. Yak after contact. Yeah, after, after contact, contact, which is a huge that's number. Not, that's not we talked about that yesterday. It's a huge number. It is funny to me. Um, sounds sounds from the sideline from the Vikings game came out last night. Have yeah. y'all had a chance to watch it? it? It's not as much fun to watch when they lose, but yeah, not. <laughs> but Marinelli was on there, and I mean, it was funny to watch because he was like on the sideline, like boots and screens. That's all they're doing. Like, let's tighten it up, and obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. But so then I'm watching the Lions game, and it's boots and screens because you have a deceivingly athletic quarterback who's limited in what How he can see. How successful were they at it? I mean, it worked. Well enough, all things considered. Like, this was not a pretty game to watch. The Lions scored 13 points. Driscoll averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. I mean, the epitome of dink and dunk. I think he maybe had two completions of longer than, you know, 15 yards probably. I think I think I actually wrote that down in the storylines about McKissick. I think he had six catches for 19 yards. Yeah. So that, that didn't work as well as the Dalvin Cook. You know, no, screen. no, no! It didn't. It didn't work but well. But it again, it's like it's what can you do when your quarterback mm-hmm. is this mm-hmm. limited? Because again, I wrote this down. I really, I don't think he went past his second read in the whole game. Like, I mean, just and and you can just tell the way some of these routes were drawn up. It was like he's clearly looking for this guy immediately. But let's also say this too, because he'll be better not only at home will probably be better, but also. If he does play, he didn't find out that he was starting until Sunday morning. Sure, you get a whole. You so mean that's a really good he'll point. Be you get more a week comfortable than he was in that yeah. game. And you know the Bears, they're not a great team, but they do have. They got a nice defense. Nice though. defense, and they yeah. hit hard. Obviously, everyone's concussed, so I mean, <laughs> you know. But but they get up the field, and they got arguably the best pass rusher in the game. I expect. I just, I mean I I expect to see boots and screens. I. Galladay and Jones are super underrated, but I wonder how much Driscoll can take advantage of that. Which is, I mean, everything changes if Stafford plays. He's got, I mean, he can put the ball anywhere he wants to, and he also, you know, he can find those guys, and and it's more of a three-dimensional passing attack when he plays. Um, One thing that I watched that really pissed me off... Hmm. Uh, understandably, like the Bears didn't honor their run game at all. They used their fullback a lot. Um, I got his name right here. I'm sorry. It's Bow Bowden, Nick Bowden. Excuse me, Bowden. He was out there, which 11 snaps. I know that's not a lot, but it's 15 percent of the offense. And the reason it pissed me off is I was like, every time, every time that it was like a short yardage or an obvious run, they put him out there and. 
they're not going for chunks, but they're he's blowing guys up and helping the running back pick up the necessary yards. Like they picked up a few second, third, and shorts in this game, and so that made me think. I was like, I this guy's on the field way more than I can remember Ola Wally being on the field. So I actually went and looked it up. Hmm. Uh, he played 13% of the snaps, which is more than Olawale has played since week one. Olawale's snap count this season is 16 against the Giants. He had a, he was pretty active in that game, had a pretty big role, got me really excited. He ran a, a wheel route, yada, yada. Since then, eight snaps, nine snaps, six snaps, two snaps, five snaps, ten snaps, six snaps, five snaps. So let me ask you this, though. Um which I'm going on. That has nothing to do with the Lions, but I'm. Right. But it's classic Cowboys to insist insist that they need a fullback and never use him. Right. Well, using you're, him. So what you're upset about is not necessarily that they're not using him; it's that they have him and they're not using him. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, which I'm not like. I don't want Jamez Zolawale to be cut. I have nothing against him, but I'm like, it's it's like Garrett's thing that they have to have a fullback, but they don't do anything with he's him. He's not one. I, not I mean, really, he's, that, that's the thing. You said no, that other guy he's was not, digging guys out. That's he's not, not, he's not that game. guy. Yeah. He's not that guy. But Kellen Moore showed us in week one what he could do with him. Like, he was active in that game and did stuff, and it wasn't anything crazy, but they've done nothing to build on that. And it's just – it kind of encapsulates some of my frustrations with the team that they're just like, well, we we can't – I mean, what do you want us to do? Take Zeke off the field? No, he's a fullback. You don't have to take Zeke off the field. Just use him at the same time. You Like, do something with him. Same yeah. same thing as Tony Pollard. It's like they can find 11 snaps for their guy, but but you can't find 10, 15% of the snaps for your other guys besides Zeke. I don't believe it. Yeah, He's just I, aggravating. We're going to uh, take a, our, our final break. When we come back, I did have one question more that I wanted to ask you yeah. about this wide receiver group and how big they are relative to the relative small size of Cowboys defensive backs. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yup, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof. Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. 
SeatGeek. Hey, Cowboys Nation. This season, when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory. Because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time off back to the break welcome back final segment of the show live in swbc mortgage studios at the star nick what you got for i got a big 12 championship game saturday december 7th at at&t stadium kickoff will be at 11 a.m don't know who's playing but you can go to the game don't miss the opportunity before they sell out tickets on sale now at seatgeek.com there's only about six teams that have a chance to play in that game you have no confidence in my boys they gotta win there you can be throwing signs around oklahoma texas baylor Really, I think it's it's three teams at this. Is that point. it? Those I three? Think, I think now th- that that means something crazy can't happen. But I think it's really three teams at this point. It kinda, I think it's Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas at this point. The Big Twelve needs to steal a couple teams from somebody else and get into some divisions. Because I had that conversation. Mm. I I actually mm. would love for Arkansas to just kind of slide mm. on over. They're I not, would love for Nebraska to slide back. I think just the, down, the history of those brands, I think, would add something. I'm to down for Nebraska to come back, but Arkansas is not giving up the SEC bag. There's, I mean, I know it would be smart of them right to now do it. Right not helping them. It's just still too much money to walk away from. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm just tired of, I don't like this Big 12 title game being a rematch every year because everybody plays everybody. Like, Well, they're, I think they're going to do that anyway. And to be honest with you, I actually like that. I know I don't want to get too far in this. Sorry, I, I apologize like it, to everyone. Yeah. I started the this. Read. The read is the Big 12 championship yes. game is coming to and hopefully, Stadium December 7th. If, if you're an OU or a Baylor fan, I would, in, I would get some tickets. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know about Baylor. We'll see. Okay. We will see. If right. they win Saturday against Oklahoma, then, then they're yes, they're yeah. going to the – If they lose, though, then Texas, now Texas, Texas just play. steps right on in. Let's go, baby. All right, let's get back to this. <laughs> you hated them a week ago. You're I like, do. I'm over them. Hey, you should know as much yes, as anybody as well as he does. I do. Like, you can love your team and hate your team. Like, there's a fine line between love and, and hate when it comes we'll to your team. bring it right back to the Cowboys because if they go up and just kick right. Detroit's ass on Sunday, then right. everybody will be happy again. You'll ultimately never walk away from them. No. But you can hate them no. while you're there. Like, you'll hate them at moments. It it's, happens. It's all fandom. It's, it's, yeah, and... It, I've said this several times on this show. You don't choose who you yeah. root for. It chooses you. You don't choose to be a Cowboys fan. The Cowboy, You have become a Cowboys fan because your parents were and they passed it down or whatever it is that drew you. But now you're in. You're sucked in and you you don't get to pick anymore. Right. Well, I'm not, I'm not I'm burning all my stuff. No. You're a Cowboy fan. You and will as be. mad as they make you, yeah. as frustrating as it might Sunday. get, it's like, well, there's still next Sunday, right? There's, there's a, still next Saturday, right? There's a tweet I think about all the time that's like, no, 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 I'm not a fan. I I hate them a lot, actually. I just want them to win more than anything. Right. And there's a difference. And I'm like, yeah, that hits yeah. home. That, that, works. that hits home with me. Yeah. All right. right, let's. Uh, I did have a question for you, Dave. I was talking. Yeah. I was, you were talking about how big the the wide receivers are in yeah. Detroit, and talking about you and their tight ends and how they'll they'll slide out at times. Um, are you at all concerned about? And, and this is kind of to the group watching these defensive backs for the Cowboys play when they've played against bigger wide receivers. What have you seen, and does that give you some level of concern going up against a, a receiver group that looks like everybody seems to be big, other than Amendola? Yeah, yeah, of course it's concerning. I mean, it gives me 
flashbacks to Devontae Parker, who I I was down on going into that game. And, you know, the Cowboys won that game 31-6, to but he definitely had some success against Cheeto Awuzie. There's no way around that. Um, obviously, Cheeto got picked on in this Vikings game big time. And the tight and, end, yeah. And, and they didn't – yeah, the tight end, they didn't even have Thielen. Yeah. These are big receivers. You know, I, I feel fine about Byron Jones. I mean, he's only 6'1", but he's so long – and can athletic jump. and can jump and all that good stuff. So I like that. I have seen, you know, I like him as a person. I haven't seen anything from Cheeto that gives me confidence that he can handle his half of that. And then, you know, you can say what you want about Jordan Lewis, but he is shorter than average. And these are big receivers, with them, which, you know, not so much Amendola. I'm saying, you know, for the people that want to move him outside, I don't know how much you want to do that in this particular matchup. You know, Oh, are we done talking about those receivers yeah. moving on? I know I said we'd turn the page a little bit, but <laughs> going back to the to the Vikings game, the last play of the game, well, I mean, they don't have anybody that can really go down there and make a play and jump up and des like the ball. So the two things that Byron Jones can do, he can run and he can jump. That's why he got drafted in the first round, because he just killed it at the combine. He's a good cover guy, but he can run and he can jump. Mm-hmm. So... Why not maybe put him in on offense mm, on the Hail Mary play? Because can't catch the ball. I don't know if I want you to catch the ball. You just want him to be able to bat it? I want you to be – I want your hands to be up there trying to do something. Maybe he can catch it. Maybe he bats it down. But did you see the guy that got it for the Vikings? That dude was huge, and he went out and made the interception. I'm just saying you don't have a guy that can go up there and make it. I'm not saying he would make the catch. So but who are you taking out to put him in? I don't know who – Anybody like was there a tight end? Was Blake Jarwin down there? I don't remember to be honest. I don't with you. really yeah, remember yeah. either. But anybody? I mean, Cobb is. He yeah, my there? question is: Does Cobb really help you in a jump ball kind of situation? So in I don't that, know, I think he has caught one from Aaron Rodgers, but who hasn't? I mean, in that <laughs> seems to do that all the time. I think he did catch one in the back. He they kind of snuck behind him all. Yeah. In that scenario, you're sending Byron out there to jump over everybody. Mm-hmm. He won't catch it. So he's tipping it up and just giving the play more life for somebody else to come down with it. You know he's going to be down there because that's one thing that I'm surprised that they didn't blitz like Sean Payton did against the Saints. They actually kind of let that yeah. play happen. Yeah, you know he would be down there. Um, you know it's just a scrum at that point. But I mean, give me my best athlete because I don't have that guy. I just I know he. I know he can he not catch though. This isn't a situation of Scandrick that the ball he makes catch it. fun of himself about it. But I, can he not catch? He literally it was the bye week. Leighton Vander Esch went to watch his cousin play for his old high school team. Kid had four picks, and Leighton was bragging on him on Instagram. Byron commented on the photo and was like, "Can he teach me something about that?" Yeah, like, ha, yeah, ha ha. But he's not dropping balls. I think well, there's a reason it. why he plays corner. Somebody than at white somebody at training camp. Maybe they were talking to you, Amber, or somebody. Maybe it was Lindsay. They were interviewing, I think, Xavier Woods, and it was sort of like you know rank rank the DBs by catching ability, like who's going to get the most picks. And you know everybody thinks they're the best. So I think Xavier was like, yeah, me and and Jay Lou's really good too. Blah blah blah. And, Somebody and we're like, who's the worst? And like, no hesitation. Oh my God, Byron! Like, of course it's Byron. He can't catch. He can't. I mean, just I like the thought process because he can get up over everybody. But I mean, I would rather have a guy who I trust to catch the ball. I'll say this: 
And I, I just think it's that such would be a, the one he would catch. Uh, I mean, you know what? It would <laughs> 19 be ha- sea of hands. It would be so innovative and outside the box for Jason Garrett that I'd be here for it anyway. Yeah. Like, did you see yeah. it? Kind of, it went mini viral on Monday night. The Niners, I think it was Mark Marquise Goodwin, or they had a somebody who's super fast lined up, even with the punter in the backfield on a fourth down, and played Gunner from twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage and like. Nobody blocked him because nobody does that. Mm-hmm. And he blew the guy up. Like, he tackled him right when he caught the ball. And it was super cool. And I was like, that's the level of creativity. I, exactly. Because yeah. he can't get jammed off the right. line. Yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. not he got probably free counted for. Exactly. And he's fast enough to make up the distance. Yeah, and you got all those things. It, it, it he was work. sprinter guy, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Olympic, Olympic sprinter. Yes. So do mm. something fun and outside <laughs> like the box. Yeah, that'd I be like nice. those guys. But, you know, honestly, that's where I was going. I Even more than, than seeing maybe putting Byron back there, I'd like them to try maybe what Kansas City did to them. On that, uh, at the end of that half, where they they kind of throw the ball underneath and let your guy in the open field, try to see what he can do. Yeah. All the defenders are back, so if you're telling me you give Tavon, same thing happened with the punt, by the way, you give Tavon 20, 30 yards of momentum before anybody's going to get to him, and he's got blockers in front of him. I think you got a better shot of maybe converting that than you just throwing it into the yeah. air and saying in this sea of humanity. One of the Cowboys is going to come down with it. Yeah. I don't see why more teams aren't taking their fastest guy, their most elusive guy that they would use to return punts, and putting them in that kind of situation and seeing what happens. I think you got a better shot at that than Hail Marys, unless you're Aaron Rodgers. I basically refuse to believe that Tavon Austin is not a useful football player. I don't know if he's. I don't a, know if anybody's going to argue with you on that. I think well, that's an accurate statement. I, I'm just saying, based on like his career and like nobody's been able to find a like a consistent use for him and. Yeah. I don't think he's like this great, well-rounded receiver. I don't want him. You know, they tried to use him as one of their three primary receivers for the first few weeks of 2018. Don't like that, but he's worth giving some touches to. Yeah, I mean, he had the longest run of the night the other night, but you don't see that. Like, yeah. and there, there's just, I wish there was more creativity in this offense sometimes. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow, normal time. Sorry. (laughs) Kind of a down note to end it on. Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?